Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome one and all, weaves and casuals alike. We are Baka and Company, and we're here to provide you with a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We'll talk about both new and old anime, and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way by giving us a tweet over at Bakako Podcast on Twitter, or sending us an email through Podcast at gmail.com. On this episode, we have myself, DrewTendo64, or Drew, we have Element and Frank Furter. Today, we are going to talk about the series called The Ascendance of a Bookworm. Also, with a really long title, I can't read in Japanese. Um, But it had like a subtitle at the end. I'll stop at nothing to become a librarian. Uh, It's a fantasy light novel series by Mia Kazuki, illustrated by Yu Shina. Yes, and it was a web comic that was self-published, I believe, from like... 2012 and it ended in 2017 and then it was picked up for adaptation by the light novel company all right that's a fun fact i didn't discover that's awesome um so uh, a basic plot synopsis here uh for anyone who hasn't seen it uh book loving uh character named urano uh goes to uh, goes to be a soon to be librarian she's crushed to death beneath a pile of books during an earthquake with her dying breath, she wishes to be reincarnated into a world where she can read books forever. Uh, unfortunately, like every other show, this is not the case. We got a little twist. Uh, she reawakens as a weak five-year-old girl who's suffering from fevers all the time. Her name is Mine. She's also in a world where books are very scarce. They're very expensive. And uh, she's born into like a, a lower uh, family, so she's not part of the nobility. Uh, it was animated by... 
Aisha Doe Animation Works. Uh, you might know them from a series like Spirit of Wonder, Absolute Boy, uh, Is That the Last Witch? Uh, they also did uh, a bunch of other uh, works that were just ongoing. Uh, but it was directed by uh, Mitsuru Hongo. Uh, you might recognize that name from Immortal Grand Prix, Outlaw Star, World Trigger, Monster Hunter Ride Stories, and a whole lot more. So uh, without uh, much more, let's get into it. How did everyone feel about Ascendance of a Bookworm? Uh, so I, you guys obviously watched this because this is my suggestion. Um, you guys obviously watched this in the last like two weeks, right? Yep. Uh, I watched this for the first time a couple of months ago, but I remembered you know, what happened, and I, like, made sure to refresh myself before we got into the show. So, um, I'm actually very curious what you guys thought, obviously, because it was my suggestion. Um, but I remember when I watched it the first time, I felt like the first couple of episodes were pretty slow, but in general, it was just, like, a nice show to watch. Like, it was quite chill, and it made me smile for the most part. Uh, and then the second half of the show really, like, picked up, and a lot of interesting things were happening, and a lot of really interesting, um, I guess, I don't know, scenarios or uh, situations or moral conundrums that the main character especially was going through. Um, they, the show explored a lot of that stuff, which I really didn't think it would explore. I thought it would just brush over it because that's sort of like, it's pretty typical, I think, of, you know, an isekai show. You don't really expect that level of depth, um, but I was quite surprised and really happy that they went into a lot of the darker side of you know the implications of what happened in the in the start of the story but i don't know what did you guys think so i'll i guess i'll kick us off and i'm always the debbie downer here uh this is a most six out of ten show i feel like i say this like every week now I, <laughs> this is the most six out of ten show that i've watched um it's good like i'm not saying it's bad it's good popcorn like that's what it is uh <clears throat> but I just kind of found myself like, oh, this is this is like what's going to like it was very predictable is my not necessarily concern, but like my kind of thought process on this is like because, again, another show that I watched dubbed, which the dubbed is not very it's it's fine. It's not good. It's not bad. There are characters that are good. There are characters that are just horrendously bad. It's just fine. But I watched this and I. I don't know. I kept at like thinking to myself, okay, so this is probably what's going to happen. And then it happened. And I was like, okay, well then this is going to happen if this happens. And then sure enough, that happened. Like it was a very predictable show. Uh, the tropes were tropey and abundant. I don't know. Like, I don't hate that I watched it, but at the same time, I like, I watched both. So to clarify, <clears throat> Usually anime is like anywhere from 10 to 13 episodes. This one was, the first season was 14 and that's strictly what we're talking about. I would definitely agree with you, Element, that season two or the second half is a lot more interesting than the first half, but not by much. Because like, even though you're like, oh, maybe like they'll, they'll pull a Houdini and like the, they talk a lot about class structure and like, you know, like a classist society and like maybe they'll pull a Houdini and then pull their punches and they'll actually accept this girl. And it's like, no, they're, they're not. And then they're going to act the exact same way you think they're going to act. And then it's just like, okay, well kind of saw this coming from a mile away. The only character I really found interesting because they 
gave you the least amount of information on their background was the uh the priest that helps her out and i know that's more so season two than season one but like he's introduced straight off the bat episode one in which he puts a uh, like a crown or a circlet on uh the main character's head mine's head and like looks into like her past but then you don't see this character until like episode 10 or something like that but like his character was the most interesting just for the fact and like my favorite because like you don't know shit about him. You just know that he's a priest and he's there and he's helping, but you don't know why. And then you kind of find out a little bit why during season two and you see a little bit more into his background and then it's just like, hmm, well, I still don't know everything about you and that's fine. But like, I don't know. It was, it was fine. Again, like that, the, the word to instead, like instead of mine, the word to describe the show is fine. Nice. Womp womp. Yeah. It's just I, fine. All right, I want to okay. expose some of that later, but I want to hear what Drew has to say first. So, I watched the dub. I had no problems with it. I really enjoyed the girl who voiced mine. I found her performance to be very well done. I didn't... I don't think anyone's voice work, like strictly the voices that they used, were bad it or was even... it was either the mom or the dad that just really threw me through a loop that was like wait this is this is the voice acting that they're gonna go th- go with okay that's I, found yep. that I can i can see where you're coming from with the mom like she was a very like laid back kind of voice a very oh dear kind of voice but i don't know it, it could be they're working with what they got they're working with whatever direction they got because a ton of stuff can be lost in lost well lost uh in translation when they're coming over to to dubbing it and in they're limited with the amount of flaps they can they can use so they got to fit what words they can in with what um like as a character like the dad being the stereotypical like I love my daughter she's the best dad I don't mind it um it was more the only character I had trouble with was Lutz because like Mine was trying so hard to do stuff for him, and he'd get mad. She'd explain herself. She'd do something intriguing again. He'd get mad. She'd explain herself. And it was just that back and forth that that threw me off once in a while. But the overall story, like her wanting to find books, getting denied at every turn, her deciding instead of reading books, I'm going to make my own, I thought was cool and interesting. Like when they were doing the like the building of of what they needed to make paper I th- that kind of brought me back to dr stone and a lot of the stuff they do in that show so i thought hey this is kind of interesting i i like her her character bringing her uh previous world knowledge into this and she's trying to like do what she can with the tools she has even even her own body like she knows she's limited i found myself uh, maybe towards the end kind of drifting off because a lot of the set pieces were there and I wasn't too entranced by like maybe the last three episodes, but there there's points where it brought me back or like characters had interactions like with, with the priest or with mine having her, her mana and and whatnot. But I didn't have an episode where I sat there and I was waiting for it to end. I don't, I didn't find myself bored. I found myself more curious than anything, but I can also agree 
with the slow start it like the first three episodes were were a bit to get through but i was still questioning my like my high own hypothesis a lot i was asking myself questions okay what can she do here what is she doing like what is she making in that bowl what is she trying to do with that food what is she like it was i was always trying to find out more and i didn't feel that i was starved for any information or starved for a plot like i i found the show had a very good outline of what it was trying to accomplish and and i enjoyed it hmm. I, uh... I will say that... oh i'm sorry cover it I was I was gonna say this is the most polite episode we've had ten minutes in and not one of us has really talked over one another until that little mishap. But <laughs> um yeah, no, like I I will say it like I never wanted an episode to end. I was like, oh this is this is so bad I want this to end. Like again, this is a fine show, it's just it's fine. Didn't do anything special for you? Yeah, it was yeah, it was just a little I, girl obsessed with I books. I'm curious to I guess Part of me is curious to see what the dub sounds like because obviously you guys have got two different opinions on it. I'd never watch dub for anything, so it's always I'm getting the best product, I guess. And if it's bad, then it's, you know, bad regardless. But I've, I can't think of a time where a sub has had really egregiously bad voice acting. Um, yeah, so that, and I, but that's interesting. So, yeah, and that's like, so the one thing that I'll say in like dub and sub, like I I love watching sub. I watch most of my shows du- uh, subbed. This I would like I try to watch as much dub as I can. And they had the option. I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this while I I work as well, just to pass the time for work sometimes. But um, I don't think that voice acting in Japanese subtitles. Uh, I don't think it could save the show from being fine to something else. No, no, and I I think. Th- you know criticizing the dub is totally fine but it's it's also not uh it's not and you also had perfectly valid criticisms of the actual show itself i just think the the discussion about you know the dub quality is interesting because obviously i didn't really get to see that that part of it um having watched the the sub version um not that you know it's hard to tell when voice acting is good or bad in japanese because you don't speak japanese but i think the delivery the delivery of stuff and um the fact that maybe you can't understand what they're saying means that you, I don't know. I've thought about this a lot for like the last decade watching anime. Why is it that anytime I can listen to a sub, it sounds good. And anytime I listen to a dub, like 90% of the time, it doesn't sound good. I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, how they have to fit with what the character's saying in the scene. So they have to write dialogue weirdly, or it sounds a bit unnatural. Um, I think some of it's like the anime acting you have to do like the, you know gasp sort of thing that people do um they do that in english as well and it sounds weird when they don't do that for you know normal english shows like for example i'm watching the um the dota anime that just came out on netflix and that shit's like fucking awesome um and it's like it's billed as an anime it's a netflix anime production but it doesn't sound even though it's it's all recorded in english obviously because it's an english show but that doesn't sound unnatural at all because it was written in english first and it's you know, it's this is like sort of a separate discussion, but it's always interesting how it never sounds for me natural when it's a Japanese show, but then in English, like when it's an English show written in English, it sounds perfectly fine. And it's hard to nail down the exact things that make the two different to make them sound weird. I will um, agree with that. I will agree with that. But there's one thing in like watching sub shows that um, 
like that can not necessarily bring me out of it, but I can be like, okay, this is not this is not pleasant for me to listen to or watch. And that is like the actual tone of like a person talking. And in this instance, and I know people are I'm like, this is a hot take. And even then it's like, a, it's a cool, mild hot take. <laughs> Fucking, I can't stand the voice actor for the subtitled Black Clover for Asta. Fuck it. I, I can't just like, it's just screaming. And I don't care what type of voice you have screaming the entire time. No. How much, it's how just... much did you watch of uh, Black Clover? I watched about 30 some odd episodes until I stopped. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Okay. Yeah. Cause, um, that's, I remember when Black Clover first started, that was like the main criticism of the show for a long time was that it was the main character just screamed all the time, but eventually it went yeah. away. And, um, yeah. Uh, that it. was just something. Yeah. That was just something for me that just could not go away. I, yeah, I could not like, like and I think that's probably, yeah. And that's probably like something to do with like, I like your hypothesis of just like hey like if i was actually like a native speaker like what would this actually sound like to me and i think i don't know just as a non-native speaker i feel like it's just so off-putting and jarring that it's just like okay this is not something i want to listen to but um one thing i want to rectify real quick we and i want to just include in this episode as well because we forgot to talk about music in last episode yeah and uh the shit for or the the intro song for our last episode fuck what did we what did we uh fate wait was it fate zero no it wasn't no what did we watch last week why can i not remember i have like such add right now um all i remember about that show though is fucking the audio or the the intro song was so dang good oh it was uh Shin, shingeki no bahamut um, yes yeah, that I, intro, that intro yeah. song, fucking. Yeah, just that, that intro song, Chef Kiss. But the, I, <laughs> I, I found, uh, I don't know. Okay, real, real quick tangent. Every time I try and say Chef Kiss, if I don't think about Chef's Kiss, like in my head before I say it, I always want to say French Kiss, which I know is just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, man, uh, that show was French Kiss. Whoa. That show was French Kiss. Uh, but no. Uh, Music wise, in this, I I like the intro and exit songs for season two rather than season one. Season one, I just skipped them both times. I was like, this is just too boring. Is they were just very slow songs. Like, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind slow songs, but like they were just kind of boring slow songs. And the pitch of the singers' like uh, voice or whatever just wasn't appealing to me, so I just skipped it. But uh, season two intro and uh, outros are pretty good. I enjoyed it. I, I like the ending for season... I haven't actually watched season two. Um, I really should watch it. I just... I don't know. I watched season one, like, in a in a lull period where I wasn't watching anything. Um, so it was, like, a nice thing to watch, like, one episode a night. And then season two, when I was meant to watch it, I think something actually came out that I wanted to watch. So I Am I the only up. one that's watched season two, then? Yes. I think so. I did not watch it. There's only yeah. ten episodes, so I was like, eh, screw it. What's another, like, two Yeah, hours? I think it was two actually meant... I think it was technically, like, a part two for season one, maybe. Yeah, um, because it came out like I, really close to season one from memory. I know we're jumping ahead. Then I would highly suggest watching season two if you enjoyed any part of season one. Watch season two; it's much yeah, better. Yeah, I, I totally will. Um, I should have already by rights, but you know, I just never got around to doing it. But I, I really do want to. Um, but I do remember I liked the ending for season one. The OP was like sort of whatever, slow, 
I always, the first time I watch a show, I always watch the the opening and ending once the whole way through and see if I like them. And then yeah. I decide if I want to skip That's them. an interesting way to do it. Yeah, I, I do that as well. That's why do, I was like, Do people oh, really just this. like skip that stuff straight away? They don't listen to it once? That's crazy. I, I don't know. Like, I know, I, I know there's some purists out there that say like every opening is spoilers. And... Uh, that's true. But a lot of the time when the opening's happening, I don't watch the opening. I just listen to it. Uh, and I'm like looking at my other screen because of like, especially like battle shonen tend to have spoilers. I think Jujutsu Kaisen did a really good job with their opening. They updated it like nearly every episode and did things to mess with you in the opening. Um, so if you actually watch the opening every episode and paid attention to what was going on, you actually got rewarded for it. Um, but that's like, you know, one in a million, you know, in terms of how people tend to do that sort of thing. Uh, half yeah, the time but- it's like, you see characters you're not going to get to see until the end of the show in yeah. the opening sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, just real quick and we can get back to a bookworm here after, but yeah, for Jujutsu Kaisen's like season two intro or like season one, part two intro, like spoiler, my, minor, minor spoilers here. Like when it like hit me that it was the old man playing the guitar yeah, and then he's actually <laughs> playing the guitar yeah. and the show's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like yeah. that that light bulb moment, I was like, "Oh, this is clever." I like yeah, that. Like, oh, me too. That hit all, me too. All, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, but that 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 show really is like uh, that's a very very rare occurrence. You don't see that often at all. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to book web. Um, yeah. So, like I said earlier, uh, I was the one that suggested the show, and I suggested it because I mean, the reason why I started watching this show was because, like I said, I was in a lull period where I wasn't watching anything. I wasn't playing anything either, so I was sort of bored looking for something to do. So I was looking, I was scrolling through, um, you know, the anime subreddit looking for like, you know, recommendation threads. Um, and I looked, I saw one that was, um, someone was asking for recommendations for shows similar to, I think, Spice and Wolf, um, which is a show I, I dearly, dearly love, um, season two and ever. Uh, and um, people were saying, you know, stuff like Log Horizon because of the first sort of season, you know, him dealing with the setting up an economy and political landscape sort of thing you know action aside that was the sort of thing i was actually interested in okay. um and then uh someone else suggested there was another show which i can't remember the name of and then they suggested this one ascendance of the bookworm and i remember seeing this show you like the threads for it and it was reasonably popular but i didn't bother like looking into what it was about so someone gave a brief description which was um it's an isekai which is like negative one point but then it's not a battle isekai plus one point, and the character, <laughs> the character is uh is trying to uh, essentially they they were comparing it to Log Horizon in that the character was essentially trying to rebuild uh, some part of society based on knowledge from their previous life, uh, which is the sort of thing I really like. I like uh like you take a medieval world and put a character that's super advanced into it and see how they like bring their their previous knowledge in and advance the world. Um, that stuff's super compelling for me. Um, I think like gate, so it's a little bit different, but that, that anime gate, you know, where the, then like the Japanese army go to like a medieval world. I, that was, that was a guilty pleasure of mine. I fucking, yeah, love, I that show. fucking love that show. Like it it's, was it's, so funny. It's, it's like, you know, kind of, kind of dumb, but it's sort of the same, the same sort of concept in that, like, and Dr. Stone is another great example. Um, like, oh, I love Dr. Stone. Yeah, love Dr. Stone as well. I, I think maybe that was one of the ones that was brought up. Like, if you like Dr. Stone, you will like 
these sorts of shows and this was one of them because oh, you know yeah. the main character like is from the modern world and goes back in time to this like you know medieval europe sort of facsimile and sort of has to use their previous knowledge to um i guess bring a portion of their previous life into this new world um and it's all about like you know economy politics relationships between characters and then the actual mechanics of recreating this stuff in a medieval society um that stuff was all the stuff that got me to watch the show um and you know i'm glad i was in the mood for it because i think the first sort of half of the show especially the first couple episodes i mean they're definitely cute and they're wholesome and they're chill but they're slow um it's very um i think there was one or two interesting questions in my mind like thinking you know will they ever answer this like one being what happened to the girl in the original body? Because usually in an isekai, they either, they're just summoned randomly, you know, in their own body in this new world, or they're born a baby and they grow up in the new world on occasion. It's some, it's stuff like that. But this one was like, this was an existing <laughs> girl in this world. And she was sick, obviously. And then this character took over her body. And I hadn't really seen a show do that before. And I was wondering if they were going to actually address that in any way going forward. And they really did. And I was quite happy with how they did it. Um, yeah, so that 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 um, increased my opinion of the show, I think. It's not even that they just addressed it. They actually answered the question. Yeah. Yes, they did. Actually, in the show, I think um, they cut out part of... There was sort of a minor detail, which I think sort of changes how you... Maybe it's framed, but... Uh, it, this is like I think episode nine when Lutz finally like confronts Mine about who she really is. Like he can't put up with it anymore, and he like flat out asks her like, "Who are you? You're not the Mine that I knew." And she sort of explains, and it's like a really heartbreaking scene. And one of the things she says is, "I think if I let go of this body, Mine won't come back. It'll just be dead." So she's something along those lines. Um, I think in the in the light novels they actually. They actually expand on that a bit more, and when she's taking over the body, the original mine is in like such a great amount of pain that she dies, and at the moment of her death, that's when uh, our character possesses the body. So it's like very explicit that the the little girl dies first, and then oh she takes over. Yeah, I think they decided that was a bit too dark for the show, so they didn't <laughs> for, they didn't they didn't expand on that detail. Um, and I think they did a good enough job of like sort of making it explicit that like yeah. It's not that the little girl's in there somewhere. She's well and truly dead. She's but, done um, dead. Yeah. Her memories so, are there. Yes. Um, you know, because it's a brain, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think they'd address that because the show seemed so, like, fluffy and wholesome. But it really got a lot darker uh, towards the last half, which I appreciated because it's nice to address that sort of thing. If you're going to try and be realistic about, you know, making paper and... Econ uh, the economy and making deals with merchants and then you sort of gloss over this like really interesting moral situation the main character finds himself in uh, that would have kind of been lame yeah no yeah. I, I uh, agree sorry go ahead Frank no I was just going to move on to the next topic I, I posted a photo in our discord channel um, that I really want to talk about <laughs> If you don't know what I'm about to get into, it's character design. Um, 
yeah let's let's be honest here they fucking reuse assets and just throw a different hair color wacky hair color on top of their heads like i'm pretty sure like i'd have to go back and check the tape but i'm pretty sure they do this for uh lutz and his brothers no they're all or at different. least his brothers okay I, like i said i'd have to go back <laughs> but i i so in season two there is a scene and holy shit is it egregious that they just use the same face model for everybody, and they just oh put gosh. a different mop of hair on everybody. And I, I took a screenshot. I was like, this isn't real, is it? And <laughs> it's fucking real. Uh, but <clears throat> generally, the character design in this uh, show is pretty good. I mean, it wasn't anything to write home about. There is one detail that bugged the fucking shit out of me the entire show. And it was the dimples that they put on mine. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, and it was very apparent in the intro song. Like, if, in season two's intro. Or maybe it was season one. I don't know. But regardless, they put dimples on mine, and every once in a while, whenever you see it, she looks like a just tiny grandma. And it bugged the shit out of me. But, like, it's also the most perfect thing for her character. Yeah, I guess it sort of fits her character. I mean... In, like, her original life, she was 22, so she wasn't even old, but she's got a very, like, uh, you know, old soul sort of personality, I guess. Like, she just wants to read books, and everything she has to do to get to that goal is a minor annoyance at best sort of thing. Um, I'm trying to look up a picture of, like, what you're talking about. I, like, yeah, I'm, it's on in, the, it's in I'm on the intro. wiki, but... It's in the intro, and I'll I'll try and take a screenshot here. If nothing else, I will. Uh, I'll just go back into the uh, into the intro on YouTube and take a screenshot and just post it. But like, they, it's just every once in a while you get a glimpse of this, and you're like, oh man, what the fuck did they do here? <laughs> what have you they done like, to mine? I don't know, man. I think you're, I think you're licking toads at this point. I'm oh, I definitely am. Like I'm getting into, like I'm I'm nitpicking like fucking crazy here and that's usually my job. But no, like I'm not saying it was bad, but like if anything, it fit the character. Like to I don't know, just like that personality with it it fit the character, but just I don't know. I felt like some of the character design was a little generic, but at the same time they made it just slightly more non-generic to make it like, oh, this is a character of importance. Yeah, I wouldn't say again, any. The, I mean, I'm one, I wouldn't say any of the characters necessarily had crazy, interesting character designs. But I also think a majority of the characters were like essentially peasants, and there wasn't really yeah. a lot of room there to give them flavor aside from coloring their hair differently. Um, I think the the one thing that is sort of consistent throughout the show and um, is handled really well is the hair. Um, yes, all the all the characters have flat hair until mine creates her shampoo. And then slowly over the course of the show, you know, when she gives it to her friends and then sells the pattern and starts getting to the nobility, you see more and more people have the shiny hair um, when they've used the shampoo. Uh, so I thought that was a really neat little detail that you can sort of like keep an eye out for in every episode and see how that's sort of, you know, going through. Um, I think also, uh, even though the character designs are fairly simplistic, um, I thought mine you know, and the other characters too, but mine especially as the main character, had a lot of really, uh, oh, that's funny, had a lot of, um, uh, she was really charming, um, like very cute and a lot of great facial expressions and character moments, stuff like that. Like, you know, when yeah. she's 
she's angry or annoyed um the color the colorful eyeballs too when she would go into rage mode were like i love that character design yeah the, the super I, cool I, super cool effect um every time it happened and especially like at the end of the season one you know the confrontation with the priest um that was like a super satisfying that was like a very isekai moment um which totally was like very different to the rest of the show um but it was also very very satisfying and i think it fit they sort of set it up very well um spoiler alert you will not get another moment like that in season two unfortunately yeah but i mean that's sort of like it's not surprising because i mean it's not a battle anime and the whole point is that it's her powers going out of control not necessarily that she's it's not a victory for her to start choking that guy out yeah. with her mind no uh, that's true but like uh, so the thing i'll say about season two is they they really really go into like classes systems and the, like the disparity between classes and the treatment mm. of d- that disparity so you're just like oh man i want i want another like force choke or you know i want this character to just rip him a new asshole and it just <laughs> never happens and you're just like fuck me i just you could have you could have just torn this like because there's in the last two episodes something happens and like you just want this this uh, this one minor character to get his asshole just ripped right open Jeez. because he is an asshole and they don't because they're fucking high society and we don't act like degens and shit. And it's just like, oh, I hate you. Like, you're accurate with your classes shit, but fuck, I hate you. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, But, yeah, no, character design, nothing was, like, out of the ordinary. But, yeah, I agree. Mine was very charming. Her sister was very charming. Mm, yep. Her dad was, like, a generic, like, B-roll, like, came out of from, like... He looked like a like a like a background character from uh, Don Machi, or is it wrong to try to t- uh, pick up girls in a dungeon? Yeah, he totally it, does look like a background character. But I think that's sort of like, I guess it fits. Like they really well, are sort of background characters in right. in the grand scheme of things. Uh, not not I mean in society, not so much in the show. Um, yeah, I, I did like the dad though. Like I like that he was like jealous of the captain guy. Oh, and then the, like, yeah, no, like yeah. Wiki. yeah. Any and all interactions between like her dad and any other like dad figure legitimately mm. brought a smile to my face. Like I, I thought those were those moments were hilarious. And they like in season one, they're not far and few between. They happen like every other episode, I feel like. Yeah, also like but, um I can't remember what episode this is. Was it episode ten maybe? But the one where she declines joining the church the one way she returns home and decides that she wants to die with her family like fucking oh yeah episode but um you know they have that moment with the family and everyone's crying but the dad's like holding it together and then later he goes into the room by himself and breaks down um that was like really hard to watch um i did not tear up but it was it was a sad scene but i i'm a monster and i did not tear up or anything very emotionally heavy. Yeah. It, it it definitely was. It it tugs at that heartstring, but I'm just mm-hmm. emotionally just a scarred person, I suppose. Not really. I, I I every time I watch your name I choke up and I get sad. But um Yeah, it, it was a good scene. It was a good scene and you can see the like the love that they they made the like the dad have. Like they actually kind of like drew it out and it's just not this background character. Like he is a human in this world that does care 
Yeah, also it's, you know, mine accepting her her play like she had the choice to abandon her family um to survive, but she chose not to because after all that she's been through, she decided that they're actually my family and not just like the little girl's family, you know? Like she belonged yeah. to them. Um, yeah, she becomes a part of them, right? Yeah. Um so I think all in all is is good good episode, good 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 way for the plot to progress. Hmm. No, I found I found a lot of it did connect with me and a lot of the characters like mattered, but I, I can agree. Like her dad and her mom are background characters because that's kind of what she was born into. She was born into the background character family. She's not a heroine. She's not a queen or princess. She doesn't have any superpowers. She's not a hero of justice. She's not anyone. And it, it, like as she's progressing throughout the story you do really feel for her like she can't get a book oh crap how is she gonna move on and then like trial and error and things are getting better but i don't think this show had like most isekais or even shows in general there wasn't a huge payoff in season one other than she gets to read like i know that is her goal but she doesn't Mm. get to do it exactly the way she wants there is a, a modification to the deal and you, it, it it left me like curious enough to want to watch season two. And one of the best parts I think we we glazed over is her little angry anime animations when it switches to her like explaining something or her uh-huh, getting yeah. mad at Lutz. And the chibi, like, yeah, the little chibis. They were so fun, and they were just like a nice little addition to to the show. Like uh, the hair, the hair being shiny as the show progressed. Like seeing that happen the pound cake taking people by storm like having all of her little inventions trickle like through the the in i almost said in game economy uh the, <laughs> the in anime economy um was really cool to see and uh, like it made it feel like it was a, a lived in world and it made it feel like it things mattered and then those little pop-ups of her explaining like paper was made by the egyptians and then it's got all the like hieroglyphics dancing with her like it sealed the deal. Like that's when I really started liking the show. And I still want to see the second season, even though Frank's grumpy about it. (laughs) No, I, like I said, the show is fine. It's (laughs) fine. There's nothing to write home about. It's nothing to brag about. It's nothing to be mad at. It's just fine. It's, it's like I said, it's good popcorn. If you've got nothing else to watch and you have a tub of popcorn, give it a shot get through the first few slow episodes and, Everything it, it unravels I, itself. I think in a uh, good pace. Popcorn is the incorrect snack. I think like a nice cup of, of uh, <laughs> you know warm chicken soup or like a hot okay. cocoa marshmallow. Okay. Are it's you saying soup just because they make soup in the in the show? Oh, that soup looks Which, so good. by the way, fucking they like like the amount of cooking that she knows how to do and like the cooking that this world doesn't know how to do. Granted, like baking, understandable, but cooking. And not knowing how to use the vegetable broth, just what? Yeah, but okay. Put your mm, this is hard to to explain. If you were like your highest level of education, we're gonna say is grade two, like because these people can do basic stuff except like read and write and hard math. They graduate so, into the, thing, the workforce the, the at nobles, the age of seven. <laughs> yeah, so, right, but but even the nobles in the show don't know how to do this, and they have the education. 
but well no the you... nobles the nobles do 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 know how to cook they have like cooks and stuff like the right but they don't they don't like they, they even go into that i don't know if it was season two or season one because it blended together really well um but like in noble society they're like wait you're not throwing out the vegetable like the broth or the water after you boil the vegetables Maybe so like even they that. just they just don't it may be season two like early season two but they don't oh. even know how to do no, that it was it was early season one they do that like she she's like watching her mom cook and she's very surprised by it but well like i know we're gonna extrapolate and this is like again it's an anime let's deal with what we have but even if you were to look at yourself even at even i'll grant this to you at age 13 when you maybe started experimenting at home or cooking things for yourself if you were to sit down and make a soup by yourself with fresh ingredients, not using like a can of soup or condensed anything, would you have known to cook, keep the broth after you boil vegetables? If I'm making soup, no, at oh, the wait, age of thirteen. At the I'm... age of thirteen, yeah, at the age of thirteen. Oh, unless I was taught it, probably not. Right. But at the okay, but I'm saying the noble society still don't know this either. Right, because they're not taught. Because the cooks are doing all of it, right? So the cooks yeah, but know. If you're a good cook, you're going to experiment, and you should right, know right. that. But so these apprentice cooks know how to do it, and these journeyman cooks and these professional cooks know how to, and they're well taken no. care of, and they live their own lives. They make their stuff. The nobles just eat what they're given, but the peasants, how, how are they going to know any of this? They're not going to roll up to like a nobles cook, and be like, "Yo, dog, I heard you make a wicked soup. You going to tell me?" No, they all have contracts in this show. Like everyone's contracted to like do something or like not share something or to like give profit so in my mind that like the cooks or the chefs or the maids and butlers of the show have like their own agreements that what they make for their royalty or their nobles that's what they're that's their food they own the rights to that food so i don't personally see them sharing it and i can understand it but also i'm going to go backwards on my own words and just say Anyone who is cooking in the show and is a peasant is probably just dumb as fuck. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't will... say dumb as fuck, but they're they're not they're not educated. Yeah. yeah, I also think this was something that was brought up, but I was I went back and like read some of the discussion threads to um to sort of refresh myself on the episodes, but um someone brought up this exact conversation, which is like, <laughs> uh, you know, how do they not know about like relatively simple things like you know the broth or like pancakes and stuff um i think especially for the for the lower class people like when you're that poor and food is that that much of a scarcity issue uh it's you don't have a lot of uh leeway to experiment you just sort of do what works um to you know secure your next meal um you can't be wasteful like if you make a wrong decision and it ruins something that you can't eat it then that's like you know your dinner that you can't eat anymore okay so i can see like um, and also like, you know, we have the internet and a society that shares information like in every which way, maybe in that sort of time period, it's a lot less, um, some, I, I got to think that some crazy bastard would have tried it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, you know, maybe information doesn't propagate, uh, like, you know, we're used to. So that's fair. And I, I don't want to like, I will die on the fact that, or on this hill that like, if you're a professional chef, even in the like the dark ages, you would experiment and improve your craft because sure, you don't if, want if you're your, like employee... you don't want yeah you don't want your employer to be bored of your cooking like you right. want a fresh spice in it up. But like at the same time, like I'll die on that hill that they should have known that and that this should yeah. have 
not been a thing in the show, but at the same time, it is petty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they they do talk like how sugar is a brand new thing. So like, and it's so expensive that even the nobility is like, hey, this is what sugar is used for. Kind of. Um, that That uh, is a good point. It's another thing we take for granted, like just the access to the variety of, um, you know, resources that we have in modern society because of, you know, shipping and supermarkets, all that sort of stuff. But that's totally not a thing, you know, medieval society. Like, to get something like sugar, you have to import it from somewhere else. And, like, you have to organize the actual logistic chain to get that to you. Um, it's not like a granted that you'll just have that, you know, at a local market or something. Um, it's stuff that, we, you know, we we don't think about. I like thinking about that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, the show does sort of handle it from memory. Um, it, it mentions some of that stuff. Um, but I like thinking about that sort of thing, like the things we take for granted now, you know, what did people have to do, you know, back in the day to, to have access to the same thing. Yeah, like it's... Which, running water is one of them. Well, like, oh, yeah, like... They, they, they do not have running water. They're like, hey, can you go get water from the well? It's like, oh, boy, if I had to do that every day, I would just... Uh, that would be totally annoying granted you'd get used to it because it's day-to-day life but man do i like i feel like everybody in this in the united states at least and probably any you know first world country takes for granted well i don't know Uh, we can we can go back and forth and all we want but we have to understand the show is the show um like it's not i don't know it yeah it no, had it I, had its, yeah. it had its problems like the pancake thing kind of threw me for a loop. I can agree with that. Um, but a lot of other stuff like happens and then no one ever like goes back to like the tree that was like a super invasive like devil tree. Oh, Tromba, yeah, the... Trombe, yeah, yeah, the Trombe. So they they successfully got what they needed and they made the higher grade paper with it, right? Why when she starts making money? Like, she has, like, one gold coin and people freak out about that. Like, she has enough money at one point that she could hire experienced woodsmen to be like, all right, I'm going to plant this this tree and you guys are going to just destroy it and I'll give you your week's worth of money to do that. Like, in my mind, like, there are feasible um, outcomes to a lot of the stuff she could do to make more money and, and do what she wants. But, I don't know, anime logic? Do they explore the the trombe thing in season two they yeah and that's the only reason why i remember the name the word tromba they do uh they actually show uh minor spoilers here they they show what a full-fledged tromba looks like um but they do go more into trombas in season two and not necessarily where they come from or where the seeds come from but like they do come from mana of sorts because at one point she touches like a fruit and it becomes a tromba seed and you're like oh what so like i still don't understand all the fucking understandings of why a tromba is a tromba and where they come from but like they just happen they just appear (laughs) and they will fuck up your shit well i I was talking about more like did actually what what drew was mentioning like did actually talk about how she could actually use it as like essentially a, a ghetto Oh, I don't, I don't know, and I don't even think she knows because every time it happens, she's very surprised. Gotcha. 
Yeah, because it, it'd be because you know right now noble society has full control over you know the mana the, the magic items that help um, treat the devouring disease. Um, so if there was like just a plant you could find out there in the world for free that you could essentially, um, as long as you had someone to control the plant itself, mm-hmm. uh, you could essentially use that as a as a magic item to dump your mana into. Um, you know, it's a possible solution, I guess. But maybe monetarily it'd work out to be the same anyway because you have to pay the woodcutters to keep it in check. Who knows? Yeah, like you could you could essentially industrialize it, right? Right. Um, yeah. Interesting to think about. Well, now that we've kind of fully discussed our thoughts, our hopes, our dreams of ascendance <laughs> of a bookworm, uh, let's talk about what we're getting into next. So, oh, um, hold on. Oh, okay. Before we talk about what's next, uh, yeah. Final thoughts. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Final would thoughts. you would you recommend this show for people to watch? Um, yeah, I guess overall thoughts on the show. Um, I think going like I would recommend it to someone who like is very specific in what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. If they're saying like I'm not looking for action, I'm looking for fantasy, I'm looking for isekai, but I want something that's more kind of like humble and like just like a nice calm kind of thing to go through and just watch it in their spare time, yes, by all means. But I'm not going to go out there to anyone who's hardcore in anime watching like every episode of One Piece or who's caught up in the newest mecha action, whatever, sci-fi. I think this is is very like it, it's good on you element because you over the last few months of us doing this you, like you've gotten to learn our taste and i think this is good for like when you know someone enough mm. to recommend it but i i wouldn't out the gate drop this as a recommendation mm. yeah I, I i've already said my pieces so many times on on what i thought about this show um but recommendation wise no is super niche if you want to watch it which good on you if you're into this that's great I'm not trying to shit on your taste. It's just not my taste, and I hope you can fully understand that. Uh, but again, it's fine. Yeah, um, I sort of fall in between the middle of you two. I think um, uh, if if someone was looking for a specific, like like exactly what I the situation I was in when I found this show, if I knew someone who was looking for this sort of show, I would recommend this but it wouldn't be before i recommend something like spice and wolf or maybe log horizon season one like if there's a tier list of this specific type of show like dealing with fantasy economy uh you know progression in terms of technology that sort of stuff if someone's looking for a show that handles those elements um this would be on that list um but it would probably be below some of the other shows that i would recommend behind but i still think it's like a pretty decent show i had a fun time it's very very chill apart from the sort of darker things that it handles. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, what are we doing next? Frank, you want to take Summer Wars, <laughs> baby! Summer Wars! These jabronis here, God, I... So, I, I had a minor just, like, heart attack, meltdown, breakdown, just sadness in, in my soul that I, I'm, I'm about to go through a list and I want you guys to say, yes, I've seen this, or no, I have not seen this. If I'm going to say, no, I haven't seen 
any of those. I don't even know what's on the list. Okay, well, the the list goes. The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, which we talked about, and no, neither of you have seen it. None of mm-hmm. you have seen Summer Wars. Have you mm-hmm. seen Wolf Children? Nope. Nope. The if Boy and the movie, Beast. If it's a movie and it's not Ghibli, I haven't seen it. Wow. The Boy and the Beast. Nope. I started it. I never finished it. Mirai. What's Mirai? I hate Mirai? everything. Mirai Y'all Nikki? are in for a... If, no, no, no. Just, just, just... Mirai. No. Uh, so the the director is a Oh, very that famous... one. Yeah, I meant to watch yeah. that one. Yeah. So the, the director is a very famous director called Mamoru uh, Hosoda. Hosoda? I don't know how you... is. I'm trying to pronounce it as best as I can, so I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong. If but they're so famous, why haven't I heard of them? <laughs> bro, you are <laughs> like... How you have been into anime for this long and you have not heard of one of these movies? Let alone... you've Okay, you've heard of The Boy and the Beast since you've started it, but like the fact that you haven't watched one of them is shocking oh he did samurai shampoo is nominated for an academy award he's he's a director he's a yeah it it honestly probably it it didn't win but no like he's done like shows like he's been an animator but like as a director of feature films like cuz you're not going to be like oh yes this one ep- episode of Samurai Samurai Champloo like i i i know he exactly that series. episode no he did the whole series oh tv opening under no he did the wait what did he do yeah, the whole I'm series his... or did he just yeah, do I'm the tv like... opening no it says it says he was on it he worked on a no. tv series open oh i can't read no he's opening he's, credits. he's yeah just the opening go. credits again yeah, like you're not going to like all the three movies you read, like Mirai, Boy and the Beast, Wolf <laughs> Children, and Summer Wars, they're all his. So if we mm-hmm. haven't seen any of them, of course we don't know who he is. And his <laughs> his so the girl who leapt through time, Summer Wars, and a lot of people will put Wolf Children there. I will keep it off. And the Boy and the Beast to me are amazing films. They they are I would say if like we've we've said that we we're gonna do like a, a an episode in which we discuss what beginner show or what would you recommend to somebody who's just getting into it. I would recommend any one of those movies. They are, they are so much better uh, plot wise than Ghibli movies. I will say it. I will die on the hill. They are better. They are better actual movies than Ghibli movies. Ghibli movies are just nice jaunts. Like there, there are a few of them have plots, a few, a few of them have plots, and that's about it. That's... I love Ghibli movies. I'm not shitting on Ghibli movies. I just prefer something with a better <laughs> plot. And these movies have fucking plot. And my God, you guys are in for a treat. So, is some what? What is Summons Wars like? The genre of it? Uh, it's it's not necessarily an isekai. It's uh, the main synopsis of it is uh, basically y'all have y'all seen Ready Player One? Okay, get rid of the... You have... Wait, Element, you said no? I said yes. Okay, sorry, I couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> get rid of the VR. There's an online world where everybody conducts their business and everything else, and it's also a social media platform, and then it gets hijacked. And that's the only plot I'm going to tell you. It is a phenomenal movie. All right. So we'll be watching Summer Wars for the next episode. 
All right. So with that, I want to take the opportunity to thank everyone for joining us today. We appreciate any and all feedback. Again, we're uh, Bakako Podcast on all of your streaming services there, on all your podcast services. Uh, as well, you can reach us at Bakako Podcast on Twitter and Bakako Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks and have a beautiful rest of your evening. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.